What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Keeping Up With The Commanders. It's the final episode here of Season 2 of Keeping Up With The Commanders, episode number 35 of the season. And, oh, boy, this episode is jammed packed. A bunch of stuff happening. We'll start off with the big thing of the week. Probably the biggest announcement in Washington football history since probably since the team was last bought. Daniel Snyder is agreed with Josh Harris to sell the Washington Commanders. So basically that is all done. It's exclusive. No one else can buy the Commanders right now. The deal is in place. A group led by Josh Harris, Mitchell Rails, Magic Johnson, Mark Ein, a bunch of other people that are in the group as well um, are going to be purchasing the Washington Commanders for $6.05 billion. I think it's a group of, I think there were reports that it was over 30 people that are going to be in this group. So it's a whole lot of people. Um, and yeah, this is pretty much the announcement that Washington fans have been waiting for since since like the last 15 years, 10 years or so. This man, Daniel Snyder, has taken one of the most historic franchises in all of American sports, turned it into a trash can, and now is selling off the team for over six times what he bought it for, which I think is still crazy to me. But um, he's gone now, and that's pretty much what Washington fans, it's like a cloud has lifted over Washington, or, yeah, like, it's gone now, because, um, it, it's over, like, there's, I, I don't really know how it's put, the Daniel Snyder reign in Washington is now over, people can focus now on the actual product on the field, the team itself, the front office, the coaches, instead of having this Daniel Snyder hovering over everything, controlling the entire franchise, along with having a whole bunch of allegations that have pointed to other things, um, that have made the press point to other things rather than focus just on what is the product on the field. So I think this is, this is incredible, really. Um, the entire group, Josh Harris, Mitchell Rails, David Blitzer, Magic Johnson, Mark Ein, Lee Ansley, Eric Holloman, Michael Lee, the Mitchell Mitchell Morgan and his family, Santo Domingo family, Michael Sapir, Eric Schmidt, Andy Snyder, and a whole bunch of other people. Andy Snyder, by the way, not related to Dan Snyder, okay? But there, this group is massive that is buying the team, which is incredible. We saw we saw it happen with the Denver Broncos last offseason when a huge group led by the Walmart owner plus Lewis Hamilton plus a bunch of other people as well that were in that group um but the denver broncos it was kind of um it was good for them because they needed to be sold and now the clc hawks also need to be sold at some point within the next year or so as well so um this is great for washington dc sports this is the biggest dc sports news since again i mentioned probably since either championship from a different team or probably even since the washington uh yeah washington got bought um, back in 1998, I believe, or 1999. So, um, yeah, it's it's pretty big news. Um, I do want to say the Broncos sale from last offseason was ratified nine weeks after the agreement was in place with the Walmart owner and the old Broncos owner. So, again, the agreement still has to be ratified by all the league owners and the financial committee of, that the NFL has. But I expect all that to go through pretty cleanly. It's just when are they going to vote on it? Will it be at the league meetings in the next week or next two weeks or so? I forgot when they're happening, but there's one that's happening this month. Or will it be two months from now at the next league meetings, which I believe happened in July? So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with that. I, If I had to take a guess, I think just because of, just, just because of how weird 
this process has gone so far throughout the ownership and um, the selling process, I would expect this team to officially be like switching over the ownership in the July meetings or when they vote on it in July. I don't think they're going to be able to vote on it in May. I think it's a little bit too quickly of a turnaround. But uh, yeah, Dan Snyder, sell the team. Now, I do want to mention uh, May 12th was a um, day that I talked about a lot on this podcast. I believe that was the day. It was either May 12th or May 13th where all of the signing bonuses carried over and the owner would have to pay for it. And what do you know? May twelfth was when the was when the commanders officially announced that they were being sold to Josh Harris, the Josh Harris group. So it did that. That day did come in handy. It came all the way down to the final day before they finally announced it. So um, yeah, that that was definitely something to keep an eye on. So I'm guessing now Josh Harris will have to pay all of those signing bonuses. So that is something to keep an eye on. And I also want to say, um, in terms of the front office and the coaches and stuff. All of them are now on thin ice. Brand new boss for all of them now in Josh Harris and Mitchell Rails and Magic Johnson, all of those guys. So the ownership committee is going to have to decide what they want to do with this front office, get a real general manager, because right now Ron Rivera, we don't really have a general manager. Martin Mayhew's been the manager of like all of the non-football stuff for some reason. Same with Jason Wright. He's kind of the team president. And then Ron Rivera has been making all of the football decisions. So that has been interesting to watch over the last three years or so. So, and it has not turned out as a great product on the field. Only one one uh, non losing record season. So, it's not been great. And it wasn't even a winning record season. And we went eight eight and one last year. So that wasn't that great either. So Ron Rivera's job is on thin ice. Uh, I'd expect if he doesn't perform well to begin the season, I'll get into the twenty twenty three schedule in a second. But if he doesn't perform well to begin the season, which it could be really hard to do that, then he could definitely be fired midway through the season. Eric Bieniemy becomes interim head coach, or if he doesn't perform, if he doesn't have a winning record, or I think the goal for Ron Rivera, if he doesn't make the playoffs, he is gone after the season. So if Washington doesn't make the playoffs, gets fired after the season, Eric Bieniemy becomes the lead front runner to be the head coach in Washington. And the owners would have to go get a new head coach, whether it be Eric Bieniemy from inside the building or whether it be something else. So that is definitely something to keep an eye on. Now, moving on here, again, that's probably the biggest news Washington has had in just decades. So I, I do want to just talk about that. And then some other things that have happened this week. The 2023 NFL schedule was released. Washington's 2023 schedule with teams for every single week was released. If we look at it, preseason, Browns, Ravens, and Bengals are the three all-AFC North teams during the preseason. I wonder if Ron Rivera finally breaks his streak and finally has um, the, the like practice with one of these teams. I forgot what it's called, but joint practices with one of these teams like the Ravens I think could be a good idea, or pretty much any, any three of them I think would be definitely something that I'd be interested in. After that, um, to start off the season, it was definitely best-case scenario to start off the season at home against the Kyler Murray-less Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals, the favorites to have the number one overall pick next year, and their team's just pretty much all um, injured right now. Their, star, their head coach, Jonathan Gannon, was the defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl last year. He's going to be facing off against Eric Bieniemy, 
the offensive coordinator for Washington, who was the offensive coordinator in Kansas City last year during the Super Bowl. So there's going to be that Super Bowl rematch of Eric Bieniemy against Jonathan Gannon. But again, Gannon said that he's not going to be calling defensive plays this year for Arizona. So technically it won't actually be one against one. He's going to have his defensive coordinator, which who I forgot who it was, but he's going to have his defensive coordinator do that. So Eric Bieniemy against Jonathan Gannon in week one, Washington should pretty easily win that. But then here's where things get interesting. Go on the road the following week to Mile High Stadium and play the Denver Broncos, which the Broncos, in my opinion, I think they're going to be better next year than they are than they were last year because the well, first of all, you get a major head coaching upgrade, Nathaniel Hackett to Sean Payton. So Sean Payton, an arguable Hall of Fame head coach. So um, yeah, <laughs> that's first of all a great upgrade. Plus, I feel like Russell Wilson is going to be better next year than he was last year because last year was horrendous. If he's bad again this year, then great because we would probably win this game. But again, they, their uh, their offense, they have weapons. And I feel like with Sam Howell, a rookie quarterback, which we really, we really don't know what he's going to be like next year, um, I'm going to I'm gonna say we lose this one to the Broncos because I, I just I just feel like it's so up in the air, both both teams fan bases think that they can win this game so i'm gonna say we lose this one to the broncos after that at home against josh allen the buffalo bills no question there we are getting destroyed in that one uh we last season in week three when we played the bills at i believe we played them um in buffalo at orchard park so yeah we got crushed last last season against the bills but or maybe was it two seasons ago it might have been two seasons ago when we got crushed against the bills but yeah, I don't think we're beating them. I, I also want to start the season one and two. Then we go on the road and play at Lincoln Financial Field against the Eagles, which I also think we're going to lose. So we're going to start one and 30. And now this is where things get um, interesting. Thursday night football against the Chicago Bears at FedEx Field. I think we're going to win that one. Justin Fields and that Bears team. I really like that Bears team. I have a Justin Fields jersey. I like him a lot. But uh, that, that defense is and that pass rush is really not is not there is it sam howell is really going to have all day to throw it's going to be one of the worst pass rushes in football up against one of the worst offensive lines in football in the washington commanders next season so that um is going to be interesting to watch especially on thursday night i think it's definitely going to be more high scoring than it was last year when we won 12 to 7 i think and just a just it was a horrible horrible game offensively for both sides but and again Think about it this way. If we lost that game to the Bears, if Benjamin St. Juice didn't stop, uh, Darn, I think it was Darnell Mooney who caught that ball at the goal line, and he, if he didn't stop them, then Ron Rivera is fired. And we started last season, what, 1-5, and five, I think, I want to say, 1-5 and five or 1-6. and six. If we don't, if uh, if um, Benjamin St. Juice doesn't stop, uh, hold on, let me check. Yeah, if, we start the season 1-5. and five. One and five. If we if Benjamin St. Juice doesn't stop Chicago, uh, Darnell Mooney on that Carson Wentz that game had ninety nine passing yards, and our leading rusher Brian Robinson had sixty rushing yards. It was a horrible game for Washington, but somehow he got the win, and Ron Rivera kept his job at two and four before going on a three game win streak. So I think we're going to beat the Bears here, which would put our record at two and three at this point of the season, and then we go on the road to play Taylor Heineke and the Atlanta Falcons, which I have a hot take. I think Taylor Heineke will be starting for the Falcons come this game against the Washington Commanders on the road. 
I think it'll be super interesting to see October 15th, but I think we're going to beat them. And again, the Falcons, the really only thing that worries about me that worries me about this team is uh Grady Jarrett, of course. And that again, Grady Jarrett is a super good player inside of, and off off our offensive line sucks. So Grady Jarrett and B. John Robinson, because if our if our run game or if our run defense is just horrible that game, we're losing. But I just don't think it will be. B. John Robinson will be playing in his sixth game of his career that week. So um I think uh I think we win that one and we move to three and three on the year. After that, on the road against the New York Giants and Daniel Jones, I think we're gonna beat them at MetLife. Um I th- yeah, it's just week seven. Yeah, it's just a normal time game. Week seven at MetLife, I think we definitely beat them. Um, I don't really see otherwise why we wouldn't beat them in MetLife. I just don't think Daniel Jones is that good. Plus, you're having some contract situations right now with Saquon Barkley, so we'll have to see what happens with him there. But I think we win that one, so we go on a three-game win streak after going on a three-game losing streak, putting a record at 4-3 and three before playing at home against Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles again. And once more, I don't think we're, I think we're getting swept by the Eagles this year um so yeah we, we got one game out of them last year when we uh broke their undefeated record but i just don't think we're beating them at all in the next two season uh well yeah next season for the next two games because sam Howell, very inexperienced quarterback and against a, a very veteran defense and with a bunch of younger guys too on it a veteran defense a crazy good pass rush in the philadelphia eagles with you add guys like nolan smith jalen carter to that defense Plus, you already had Jordan Davis. You have Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat. The list goes on and on, really, what you have um, for the Eagles pass rush there. I don't think we're winning that. So we go to 4-4 four and four on the year. Then we go to MetLife Stadium to play the New England Patriots in Week 9, which in Week 9, we um, it's a tough one. I think it's a toss-up. But I'm going to say we lose this one, November 5th, against the Patriots. It's really going to be a toss-up. These games that are really toss-ups, the Falcons game, the Giants game on the road, and the Patriots game on the road, and then this next one, too, afterwards against the Seahawks on the road, those four or five games are really what's going to define our season because we have a lot of easy teams on the road this season. Now that I'm looking at it, you got Falcons, Giants, um, Patriots, Seahawks, all those Broncos, those are all winnable games. Plus, later on, you have the Rams later. So those are all winnable games. It's just... Will Washington win them on the road? They weren't great on the road, I believe, last year. Yeah, I mean, actually, no, they were they were fine on the road. But down the stretch, tying against New York on the road, got uh, lost to Dallas by two scores, got almost blown out by Detroit, except in that second half when Washington actually woke up to play. And then at Levi Stadium against San Francisco last year, lost by 17. So, um, yeah, last year on the road wasn't the best, especially down the stretch, but – if we can win some games on the road at the end of um this season, oh yeah, at the end of this season, because we play five, we play three of our final, actually, yeah, we play two of our final four games are on the road, three of our final six games are on the road. So yeah, I think we lose to the Patriots, lose to the Seahawks. I'm gonna say we lose both of those four and six. Um, then we got the Cowboys on. Oh, no, after that we have Week Eleven against the New York Giants. I think we win that one, five and six. That means we also, I believe. Yeah, we would sweep the Giants, so we go to five and six, beat the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, moves us to six and six. Then December third against Jalen Wild, Tyree Kill, and that Miami Dolphins offense. I don't see a way we're winning that, even though it's at home. We go to um, 
of wait, hold on. Wait, so I lost count. Four four and six. Yeah, six and six. And then we go to six and seven after the loss to the Dolphins, week fourteen by this year. That's going to suck. Week fourteen by, very last by of the season. Especially, I think down the stretch, it's going to hurt us, um, especially these games against the Cowboys, the Dolphins. I think we beat the Cowboys, and I think we beat the Giants, but the games against the Patriots and the Seahawks, where most teams are having their buy in week 8, week 9, week 10, I think we're losing all those games. I, we're going to kind of run out of gas. The Giants, I feel like we're going to beat them. I think, I think actually we could lose to them at home, but for the sake of this, I'm going to say we beat them, and then we... For some reason, we always beat the Cowboys, I feel like, on Thanksgiving. So um, I, that's why I got the win there. So we go to 7-8, and eight, I believe, or maybe 6-7. and seven. Uh, Yeah, 6-7 and seven after the game against the Dolphins. Week 15 against the Rams, I have them winning that, moving us to 7-7. Seven and seven. Then the Jets, the 49ers, and the Cowboys to end the season. That is a tough stretch. I have us losing all three of those games and going to 7-10 and 10 to finish off the year. And goodbye, Ron Rivera, because those are your final three games of the season and of your career, of your coaching career in Washington. So that is my prediction or early prediction. It's probably going to change. But 7-10 and 10 for this Commanders team, which really should be making the playoffs, but I just don't have trust right now in Sam Howell. If he balls out, great. But I, I just don't really know how I feel against Sam Howell, against some of these tough defenses like the Cowboys, like the 49ers, like the Eagles. The Bills' defense is really solid as well. The Seahawks' defense has gotten some big boosts, especially in the draft this year and, um, and in the past few seasons as well. So some of these defenses we're playing up against are really good. The Dolphins' defense as well. So these, these defenses are really good, and I'm just not sure how Sam Howell will fare against all of these teams. So, yeah, that's my prediction, 7-10, and 10, and it, which will also mean Ron Rivera will be gone after this season. So that's my early prediction for the 2023 schedule for Washington. Moving on now to rookie minicamp, which also happened this week. Uh, I think it was like two or three times. Also have, uh, two or three, sorry, two or three days. But it also happened this week. We're looking at some standouts. Emmanuel Forbes has been playing. Well, he was practicing incredible. Had a pass breakup and an interception already on the first day of rookie minicamp practice. So that is also great. Forbes was also playing on special teams as well, getting some special teams reps as a gunner, which I saw. So that is definitely interesting. Maybe we put him in as a gunner too. Or um, at some point in our special teams, I don't think we will. But it was definitely interesting that he was getting special teams reps. We invited 35 total players. I believe it was like 17 that we signed or whatever, or 16, 15 maybe that were signed. And then the rest were all um, tryouts. So, yeah, 35 total players. Quan Martin wasn't there due to personal reasons. The commander's second round pick this year as uh, the nickel corner safety that was not at rookie minicamp this year due to personal reasons. So, yeah, we did not get to see him. Also, I do want to point out a guy that I think was interesting that I saw Washington invited to minicamp was North Texas kicker Ethan Mooney. I don't know much about him, but just inviting a kicker in general means I, I think they are they see the problem with Joey Sly. Sly was not consistent down the stretch last season. And I think if Ethan if Ethan Mooney shines or Sly really does not impress during OTAs and training camp, I think Washington would not be hesitant to uh, cut Sly and get a new kicker because 
I think, um, especially with uh, with um, Sly struggling last season and towards the end of last season on extra points and simple field goals, I think there definitely could be some potential movement in that kicker spot. I now now that's pretty much it for rookie minicamp. But I kind of wanted to like go off of that and talk about some maybe post draft free agent signings that Washington can um, maybe sign. And I, I wanted to like quickly get to this because. I do want to talk about some kickers that Washington could sign. I just talked about Joey Sly struggling during the during last season. If he struggles during OTAs and training camp, the kicker market right now is loaded with veteran talent. That is for sure. You have Robbie Gold, Mason Crosby, Ryan Suckup, Brett Maher, Zane Gonzalez. All of these guys are veterans. And uh, for Maher, he was incredible last season for the Cowboys up until the final two, three games of their season when they, he just could not make an extra point, but, or just a field goal as well. So, um, Brent Maher, I, I would not be, uh, opposed to bringing him in for training camp or for an OT for OTAs for a little bit, seeing what he can do up against Joey Sly, because I think Maher could be pretty good. If he just is not like he was to end the season for the Cowboys last year, Robbie gold is getting on the older side. He's 40 years old. But, um, yeah, we would we'd only be bringing him in for, like, another year if he's not already retired. I'm not sure if he retired yet or not. Mason Crosby, I saw that his wife tweeted that they will not be returning to Green Bay. So, Crosby will either retire after this, retire soon, this some, sometime this offseason, or he's going to go to a different team because he's not going to be going back to Green Bay. That's all I know. And then Ryan Suckup, the former Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers kicker, he was okay last year, not amazing, okay, really. But, um, yeah, just bringing in one of these guys, Dane Gonzalez from Arizona, uh, he's, he wasn't the greatest as well. But just bringing in one of these guys I think would be great for some competition against Joey Sly because I want Joey Sly to step up his game. He has the leg. It's just his accuracy is definitely a little bit wonky towards the end of last season. Some other guys that I would not be opposed to bringing in would be to bring back Chase Roulier on a cheaper deal than what he was on. I, I don't think it's going to happen. I think Washington really has moved on from him and really wants to be a starting center, and he can definitely be a starting center in other places. I'm not sure if Washington really sees him being the starting center in Washington compared to guys like Nick Gates, who's been playing in that starting center role uh, through like through workouts and practices so far, or um, Ricky Stromberg, the third-round pick this year for Washington who could also be uh, the possible starting center come week one for the commanders. Some other guys I wouldn't be opposed to bringing in, especially a middle linebacker like Corey Littleton or Kyle Van Noy, because right now, Ron Rivera really has done nothing to address the linebacker position at all, really. Besides, he brought in what? So you lose Cole Holcomb, who was an incredible middle linebacker for you for the last two seasons, and really, besides his injury, was... A really probably like a top 20 middle linebacker, which is what you love to see in the NFL or maybe top 15 because he was really good, a tackle machine. So you just don't even bother re-signing him. You let him walk to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and instead you bring in Cody Barton, who's basically just a slightly worse Cole Holcomb. Like there's really – and it's on a cheap deal too. It's like one year, three million, one year, four million or something like that. So I don't really like what Ron Rivera has done at this linebacker position. I don't know many fans. I don't know really any fans that have liked what Ron Rivera has done to address this linebacker position because it's really the same guys that were there when he just first became the head coach. Uh, sorry, when he first became the head coach 
in Washington. It's the same the same dudes like David Mayo, Khalid Hudson. Like these guys. Okay, you you spend a first round pick on uh, Jamin Davis, and that's it. And that's the only like premium assets that you've spent on a linebacker throughout your three years in Washington is getting Jamin Davis and you think it's going to fix anything, which it clearly has not. So through two seasons, Jamin Davis, his first season was horrendous. His second season was better, but he's not the first round talent that Washington thought he would be. So that is definitely something to keep an eye on. Also, Matthew Ioannidis is still a free agent. He's getting on the older side. I believe he's 32 now or 31 maybe. But bringing him back to Washington, he was okay in Carolina last season. But I think bringing him back to Washington for some uh, D-tackle depth. I know we got Fedarian Mathis, the former second-round pick in 2022. Uh, he, he's going to come back. Again, last season was basically a redshirt year for him after he tore his ACL in like the second play of the season. But still, we do need some defensive tackle depth, I feel. And bringing in a guy like Matthew Ioannidis could really boost this defensive tackle room so you can rotate guys in and out. You got Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, um, Matthew Ioannidis, and Fidari Mathis in there. That's a pretty, pretty solid four there for your defensive tackle group. So those are some of the post-draft free agent signings that I would maybe consider if I was Washington. If I had to make a prediction, I don't think Washington brings anyone in because that's just what we've done for the last few seasons and stuff with Ron Rivera. I'm hoping we can bring in one of those guys, but... Again, we'll just have to wait and see. Wait and see what happens because if I had to take a guess, I don't think any of them are going to be uh, Washington Commanders by the end of or by the start of the season. So I'd be pretty surprised, but happy at the same time. So yeah, that will be the that'll be it for season two of Keeping Up with the Commanders. The show will return for training camp come late July, early August is usually when the show starts back up again for season number three. Um, yeah, uh, if you guys want to see more content from me, follow my TikTok. I post daily on it about just pretty much all of the other 31 other NFL teams. I'm going to be doing positional rankings. I'm going to be doing record predictions and a lot more other stuff. Draft recaps for some of them because I haven't done that yet. Um, basically, yeah, go follow my TikTok at the sports line. And that's where I pretty much post stuff about all the other teams because I mainly just talk about the commanders on here. So I talk about all the other teams, plus the Commanders as well, on the TikTok. But yeah, 74 total episodes, 35 from Season 2. And you can, you guys can do the math for the others. But um, for Season 1 of WiffCast and then turning to Keeping Up with the Commanders for Season 1. But yeah, 74 total episodes of this podcast. Um, it'll, be, it'll be number 75 when Season 3 rolls around come July and August. So yeah. For the final time in season two, see you guys next season. Peace.